Welcome to the Oh Dear Podcast. I am your host today, um, the one and only, uh, the very hungover today, Nick Whitmer. <laughs> um, I'm joined by my two co-hosts who are always here, Brett yeah. Rabeld and Christian Duran. And always hungover. Do you guys know <laughs> I've been hungover for every episode of Oh Dear since we started? Yeah, Brett's an alcoholic. People don't know that. <laughs> Little known fact. <laughs> a nice Brett TIL. Is, yeah. Yeah. Just to give people a behind the cast if they're wondering, like, you know, what's the turmoil behind the scenes? I'm an alcoholic. I come to every I come to every now Zoom cast and Pally Coast episode thoroughly hungover. So and you don't it hear started, me bitching about it, Whitmer. <laughs> it started back in the when me and Christian did the uh, beer and a shot before the podcast. Mm-hmm. Brett was yeah. like, "I wonder what that's like." And then ever since he started, he's been a full blown alcoholic. But that's the thing. I'm such a lightweight. A beer and a shot is what that's all. That's all I'm drinking. <laughs> it's one beer and one shot, and I'm like, "Oh fuck!" Yeah. Ooh. Why are you hungover, Nick? I just, um, man, that's the first time you called me Nick in like years. I didn't like wow. it. I didn't like it. I, it was, it was noticeable. It was, it was so like, what the, what the hell, what the hell was that? Why am I calling him Nick? Yeah. Um, I, uh, went over to my buddies for Monday night football and here's a, like, it's like, I'm like, you know, counting calories and trying to be good. And like, every time I drink beer, I, it just, especially cause craft beer is like, Craft beer is so much better than light beer and all that, but it's it, craft beer is so high in calories. Like one can of craft beer is like like a fucking a piece and a half of bread. It's like two hundred and like thirty yeah. calories for like a you know what I mean. So like last night I was like I'm not gonna fucking fall into the trap where I'm having seven beers. So I was like let's stick to like a spirit, no sugar. Let's get like a bourbon on the rocks going where like. And it's just like you just get drunk way more <laughs> straight up bourbon. So it's like you can't really win. <laughs> well, isn't it like a four-hour game now? Like I yeah, mean, the games. Yeah. Has the, have the games gotten shorter, or like what have what has changed about the game since it's like no fans or whatever? Honestly, it's 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 not much of an adjustment. I mean, they pump in crowd noise uh, for the broadcast. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the only so time funny. It, it's so funny looking. I watched a game. It's so funny when there's just, but the yeah. stadium is completely empty. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, you only notice it like, because g- generally speaking, the, the, the steady camera crew, like the, the steady camera angle that you see most in a football game, you don't really see much or, or at all of the crowd. But anytime there's like a punt or a field goal or a long pass and then the, the camera pans up and it's like the whole stand is empty. It's, yeah. it's pretty weird. Uh, the weirdest one is a field goal because they always do the behind the kick view of the field goal. Um, and it's always, you know, just a completely empty crowd or whatever. Um, but I just love football so much that I'm just like, I, I kind of like, like the first time I did stand up was me and Christian did it, uh, outside and or after this pandemic, I should say, uh, we did the open mic at Eastville and it was like, I kind of compared it to like the NBA bubble. I was like, if, if, if this is what stand up was like all the time, it would suck, but I'm just so happy it's back that mm-hmm. I can just, you know what I mean? You're just, yeah. your expectations go a little bit like, whatever, we're outside. This is an ideal, you know, a fucking truck drove by and everybody heard it. But at the same time, it's like, I'm so desperate for it that I'm just kind of cool with it. So you, that's kind of how I am with football. You know what to me is kind of interesting about like, oh, thank God football is back, is it's a sense of like, 
it was never gone. It followed its proper off season <laughs> that <true>. was normal. <laughs> like it wasn't like maybe the NBA or another sport where it did have to take a hiatus while shit yeah. got figured out. The but thing it, for me though is that yeah. like I just can't. I'm always can't wait until football starts. Like it's, okay, always, yeah. like, it's always a big deal when the football season starts. Um, but then there was like, oh, is it going to start? You know, what's going to happen? And before coronavirus, there were actually, there was a, a, a strike or whatever, like the collective, part, collective bargaining agreement was done. So there was like talk about, are they even going to have a season this year? Are they going to, you know, with that? And then they actually passed that through and then coronavirus started. So can I, can I, I give know. a, this is a random football thought. Can I give a, a cause the Washington Redskins, if I'm not mistaken, are, did they change their name? Is it happening? Did it happen? Yeah, they, they are now the Washington or the Washington football team. Yeah. Which is oh, like, really? I think is, I can't help but think that then that's Dan Snyder, the owner of the Redskins or the, the football team. Uh, doing that on purpose to be like, oh, we're not allowed to be the Redskins. Well, I guess we'll just be the generic football team. Like, <laughs> like that, liberals. <laughs> yeah, take that, Washington uh, football team. Is I guess what we, we can't now. have any fun. Why, why did he not name them the Washington Libtards? Why did he? Not? <laughs> <laughs> like, why is he? Yeah, well, we're the cucks. Uh, <laughs> so I, I, I have a, I have a recommended recommended football uh, team name. Just to create some controversy, they should have named themselves the Washington Kaepernicks. <laughs> Just to see and, then st- and then still not sign Kaepernick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they don't kneel. They're like yeah. required to stand. I was yeah. thinking about Kaepernick as everyone has always been for the last five years, even though he's just one guy who took a knee and whatever. But um, it's just a fair thought. And this is how you know it is almost 100% related to perhaps, not even perhaps, not liking a black guy taking a stand against systemic racism Mm -hmm. is if he had taken a knee, I don't know if I shared this thought, if he had taken a knee and said, I'm protesting pedophilia, would people have been so mad at him? No. No. It's it's like they this this actually happened at in, in Kansas City on the opening night, uh, not this Thursday, the Thursday before that. Someone protested pedophilia. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, oh. that happens homes. every Thursday night. Yeah, every Thursday. Come on, dude, it's, just keep up, dude. It's football. Uh, no, um, uh, they did this thing, so they purposely were like, we're not going to protest during the anthem. Instead, after the anthem is over. It's right. over. We're all going to gather both teams and make a line down the field and lock lock arms with the opposing team. And it was called like a stance for unity. Oh, dude. And, and man, dude, that's what happened. I know. I know. I'm doing what they yeah. did. <laughs> and I'm just like, dude, if it's it's this is the, the I made this argument before. It's like whenever these semantic arguments come where they're like, well, they shouldn't be doing it. And then there's not like a, they're just arguing for the sake of arguing. It just reveals that, like, if you booed that, which had nothing to do with the anthem at all, it just means you don't like black people and you yeah. don't like when people talk about racism. That's yeah. all it means, and that's what it, that's what it meant before when he knelt for the national anthem. It was never about America. It was never about disrespecting the troops or the flag. It was never about any of it. It was just fuck black people. They should shut up, but they don't know how good they have it. 
That's all. That's all what it's always been from the beginning. Yeah. That's basically the mindset of somebody who's like, you like that, that mindset is always like, you're lucky. We're still not, you're still not. As well. like, that's, that's exactly what that mindset is. Dude, well, that's the Tommy Laren when she's, I mean, and should we even ever reproduce any of her thoughts? Cause I don't even think she gives a fuck. I think she's a very cynical perp, but she was like, yeah. And white people freed the slaves. And you're like, that's not, you don't get a bonus <laughs> for not committing and like one of the biggest atrocities. You know what I mean? That's like saying, yeah, but the Nazis also closed down their camps eventually. <laughs> <laughs> that's like give Hitler credit because he killed himself. Yeah, <laughs> he killed Hitler. Yeah, Hitler, Hitler killed Hitler. I mean, he's a hero. <laughs> yeah, I, um, yeah, I it's yeah, I hate, and it's also like the well, white people freed this lady. So yeah, well, it took them four hundred years to do it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it's been long enough. Uh, uh, you know what uh, was interesting about and this is back to the football. Um, is because uh, I, I watched a game. It's really funny how they're still doing all of the performative aspects of football. Like you know, it's a show. We got it's always been a show. They still have to do, even though there's zero live audience, Mm -hmm. like for example, refs, when a flag gets thrown, the refs still march out to like, and present themselves at the 50 yard line to the crowd that isn't there and still (laughs) do the announcement. It's 100% for the television broadcast. Right. Yeah. But if they were just doing a football game, they wouldn't have to do that because everyone on the sidelines knows what every like hand gesture means and stuff. They also know his name. They're all like, Jeff, we're, right here like, <laughs> why are you mic'd up man yeah. why are you playing to the cheap seats <laughs> um, yeah that's uh i don't know man it's it's really funny like I, here's the thing you may or may not like the uh crowd noise but i've been they started doing that in wrestling um with the crowd sounds but i i went back and watched like a little bit of WrestleMania from this year where they had absolutely zero fans and zero crowd noise. And it's like the alternative is so brutal. You go like, you need it. You need it. You absolutely need it. Even if it's fake, it's like, I watched somebody's standup clip this week and they did like a special, uh, like a COVID special with no audience or whatever. And it's just them doing jokes. And I was like, I was like, even if these were good, I can't tell because this is like, like, I think these are probably good ideas, but also like, this is, why would you do, why would you put this out? Cause it's not, it just sounds like you're bombing. It always sounds like you're bombing. Yeah. No, I, that 100%. I couldn't agree more that like, I, I think there should be crowd noises just cause it makes it feel not yeah. uh, threadbare and like ghastly. Like it just feels you still want some semblance of what it looks like stand up without even a shadow of a doubt. Cause that's yeah. not even, I mean the, the comedian, it's like, you're trying to play the crowd. Like they're kind of the instrument yeah. they're trying to play. So like I could see like a football could still maybe exist without crowd noise, but wrestling yeah. the same way. Wrestling is arguably even more because yeah. rather than just stand up, it's mostly just going for two things, laughs and applause, laughs yeah. obviously, and then hopefully there's claps. But wrestling, it's like all different types of crowd yeah. reactions. Right. Yeah. That, like, and they, they do so much because they're not actors, they're performers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actors act and try and make it feel authentic. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're doing that Shakespeare old style where they got to be so theatrical and stage style acting that it's, you know, it's not natural, but I mean, look at the stage they're on. They got to like play to people who are really far away. Yeah. So they yeah. do big goofy facial expressions and all that. Yeah. And the whole point is to get a crowd reaction because otherwise, right. if you're, if you're fight, fake fighting in a, in an empty <laughs> building, it's like, what, like, actually, what is the point? Yeah. Seriously, what is the point? We might as well just hand the belt back and forth to each other. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's not like in like football, where like there's an actual competition happening right. it's, it's all it's scripted so it's it's actually very much like stand-up or like a concert or whatever yeah. like you need to have the audience there maybe not a concert isn't i feel yeah, like, like a concert you, you don't just, even need it dude i'm yeah. picturing like uh, you just picture guys holding up the title belt and going to each <laughs> uh, each turntable top rope yeah and you're like what are you doing man yeah what more- are you doing this one guy, Drew McIntyre, is uh, for WrestleMania. He be- he beat Brock Lesnar, and the whole thing is Brock Lesnar is like this monster. Whatever you want to believe about wrestling, like Brock Lesnar is a legitimate MMA, yeah. UFC champion, or whatever. So in wrestling, he's like the final, final boss, unbeatable, or whatever. So this guy comes in, and he was in WWE like ten years ago. He had one run. He got fired because he didn't like nothing really happened for him. He got in the indies and like started making a name for himself, getting like fan reaction and all this stuff. Came back to WWE. He ends up getting in the main event of WrestleMania to yeah. uh you know to be with you know fake fight Brock Lesnar. And then uh and then all of a sudden COVID happens. So his moment just got fucked. Like he was supposed to be in front of eighty thousand people cheering his big like fucking storybook moment, regardless of like whether or not you believe the storylines, like the actual backstage storyline of a guy who had a lot of potential got yeah. cut and right. then fucking bet on himself and like made his way back and ultimately got the grand, like to be on the grandest stage of all the fucking super bowl of wrestling. And he got the shot to be like the dude. And then he gets fu- he gets fucked over by COVID and zero people in the stands. And he did the exact thing. Like he's on the turnbuckle holding up the championship in an empty building. It's not even like an empty stadium. It's like an empty warehouse. <laughs> it was so painful, but uh, you know, he did okay. Yeah, yeah that's heartbreaking, weird. man. Truly the biggest casualty of COVID is that man. (laughs) Yeah. He really got fucked. (laughs) It's just, it's just funny. Like coronavirus is like nine 11 and that everyone tells their story and none of them are really that anything. No, it's like, this is what, you know, nine 11. What's my story. Oh, I remember I was in school and they like, they sent us home. And like, I feel like that's, that's my story. That's my nine 11 story. I was in school and they sent us home and we still, people still share that version of that. And COVID is the same way. And that people are like, Oh my God, like we were set to go to Italy. And then (laughs) this is not even a story worth reproducing. I mean, it's okay conversationally. The only difference is, is there's way more COVID truthers than nine 11 truthers. So there's there's like so many people in the country who just don't give a fuck. That's true. Did you see that New York City has been labeled a anarchist state? Yeah, anarchist city. Like, yeah, zone. it's like this is like everything that they do is such is such a fucking like authoritarian. Like now the state is 
fucking labeling countries for their like loyalty to the government. Like what is fucking happening? Like this, like I, I hate to be the overreactionary person, but like the, the, everything Trump does is like, it's just out of the authoritarian playbook. It's like everything he does. And I'm like, and then he made a joke about, he, he was at a, one of his rallies. He's like, yeah, Biden can't be president. He sucks. He's like, maybe I'll sign an executive order that says that Biden can't be president. He's clearly joking, clearly joking. Yeah. But like coming from him, it's like, God, you, you know, he's going to try it. I just hate this place. I just don't so, like it anymore. We got to talk with him next week when he's on the podcast. But, but the friend I'm staying with, he does. Uh, uh, you're going to talk about Trump. I was like, what? <laughs> 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 Guys, I booked Trump for our podcast. <laughs> Hell of a get. I still yeah. don't quite understand what happened. It's like Trump comes out and he's like, well, there's a deal with Walmart. TikTok's going to be still here. I'm like, what did they, what, how did, what do those have to do with each other? I don't well, understand. The thing, the thing was, there was two services that he wanted banned, WeChat and TikTok. Yeah. So, uh, because he was claiming that um, they're owned by Chinese companies, I guess. Yeah. And that, um, that they can sell Americans data to Chinese, the Chinese government. And he's yeah. Like, so, which if anybody's going to sell that data, if anybody's going to use that data, it's going to be the American government. Yeah. Right. But uh, so, so he said, we need to ban those. So he banned them and WeChat is banned. Uh, meaning if you have the app, you can have it. You just can't get new updates. It's banned from the stores, from the app stores. Right. Okay. So TikTok was banned from the app stores as well. It's like, if you have it, you, you can still have it. You just are not going to get any updates or blah, blah, blah. So uh, there was a, a deal on the table to sell TikTok to Oracle, which is an American-based company. So what they wanted to do was sell Oracle to, or I'm sorry, TikTok to Oracle in order for it to be US owned. And that way we're not selling any data to Chinese governments on paper. Um, And uh, so that, I I believe that happened. I'm not really sure I wasn't following it that much, but but they had up and up until November 12th to do that, which I think they have already done at this point. So now Trump is like, all right, you're good. It's, it, you know, it's again, it's like, it goes back to he, uh, the American president was like, if you don't sell your business to an American company, I'm <laughs> banning you. Like, how is that okay? And any, like, yeah. not that I'm sure TikTok, I mean, I don't know for sure, but I know the reputation Chinese you know what? in terms of like stealing American, you know, intellectual property. So I don't know, you know, you know, I'm sure that, Dude, that you, know what, <laughs> you know what Trump feels like? He feels like the kid who uh, on the playground just kept inventing new rules so yeah. that the game yeah. totally favored them. Yeah. He's just going, all right, new rule. You uh, banned. You can't, you can't do <laughs> yeah. that. You can't do that. Well, I can't throw it in a way because I'm good at throwing it. No, you can't do that anymore. You just can't. Yeah. New rule. You can't throw it in my hands. You got to hand it to me. (laughs) Yeah. And you're Uh, like, because apparently the people voted him king of the playground three years ago. Yeah. He, um, yeah, I don't know if it's, uh, it's just weird because his supporters will never say if it's, and I hate to make this argument, but if I'm not even gonna say Obama, but if any other president did it, then it would be like, what the, this is socialism. What, what the fuck? What the yeah. fuck? Get your guns, but because it's him, nobody cares. Because it's not about, yeah. it's not about him. It's not about socialism. Yeah. It's not about anything. Yeah. It's that's just like there's just this like tribalistic hatred of the other side so much. It yeah. truly doesn't matter what 
anyone does. Well, it goes back to authoritarianism. And one of the things you do to your enemy is you dehumanize your enemy. So when you make your enemy Satanist pedophiles and <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you take the humanity away from the other side. Uh, and then everybody just convinces that if Joe Biden comes in, he's going to be a puppet for the, the Satanist pedophiles. And like, there are a troubling amount of people who believe this and uh, we're fucked. And even if Trump loses, it's not going to nothing's those people are still there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, it, you know, it's it's like there's it's just we're fucked. Like the country's fucked, and the reason why is because it just it, how stupid and gullible everybody is. We literally live in a society where p- people so get get their news from memes, and they think that memes are literally fucking. You know, uh, crazy. Sorry, what I cut you off. No, I'm, think, just, I'm just saying it's over. Like, it's, you know it's how crazy over. it is to just assume the other side is a bunch of pedophiles based off of a headline people aren't even reading the stories it's i mean it's um it ha- that documentary the social dilemma yeah uh, it's i don't right. know if you guys oh by the way i wanted to uh put on instagram it, the social dilemma is this documentary that is a tackles basically uh the ills the very cancerous like ills of social media not just yeah. a thing that's like are we really social like isn't it anti-social media yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> open yeah. your third eye yeah oh, but it, it actually like talks about uh obviously the addictive components and then how we're giving our information to these companies and when we think it's free but when something is free it's almost like nothing's free it's we're yeah. the product that's being sold to uh, advertisers to just put yeah. ads in front of our little, little faces, yeah, and we're giving them we're giving them all of our information so that they can try and sell us more sneakers, t-shirts, etc. Comrades, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I watched the documentary, and I gotta say, it it it's it's it, all it is is just shining a light on the bigger problem, which is the overwhelming amount majority of people in this country are stupid because like I like I get the addictive aspect of it where like you check your phone and then you check it again I get that I totally understand and that that's troubling but that's also like the human mind it's not like social media you know didn't invent that it, it's like that's the that's like the dopamine hits you get addicted to it's just like it's just standard right and then the other part of it is the amount of shit like you get like I have a news feed on Facebook and I read it and I just shake my head most of the time because it's like either like left extremists posting crazy shit or right. But I'm never like, oh, my God, that's true. And like I never get right. I get what upsets me is how stupid people are. Like, But when you go to like a family member's Facebook page and the shit that they share, they share because they think it's real and it's just not at all. And it's again, it goes back to the problem is isn't necessarily social media. It's just social media is revealing that we just have a whole bunch of fucking idiots who live here. And when you have a country where the media no, IQ no. is like 99, it means that half the people have sing double digit IQs. No, and it's but, like, they're just, it, they're just gullible people who it, fall for scams. We've always and that's had, what we live in. No, but we've always had dumb people. We'll always have dumb people. Dumb people. Will this many though. Here's what it is. Our dumbness. The difference is we, we used to have dumb people. 
and dumb people. No one thinks they're dumb anymore because everyone can go to the source of information that confirms what they believe is their intelligence. So that's the disconnect is liberals and conservatives can't even agree on the shared reality. The share, there is no common truth that they can come to and say that is true for both of us. So when no one can meet in the middle on this is what is true, that's what happens when they just get completely insane about everything because they're like, how are you not seeing it? They just don't see it because they don't see it. So if, uh, there's, if you can't agree on what the shared truth is, you're not going to be able to agree on what the best course of action is. Yeah. I mean, there's no stand, there's just no standard. There's also no standard for credibility of that information. Meaning like you can go like, like to your point is like, there've always been stupid people. And it's like, yeah, there's always like, there's always been the town drunk and the town like idiot. He just wasn't allowed at the town meeting in like the old West. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I was watching this old movie and there's like this old, uh, you know, it takes place in the old West and then they're having the town meeting and the old drunk guy goes, Oh, I'm girl. And they all go, get out of here, Lester. You're an idiot. Like they don't allow him to speak. Yeah. <laughs> but, it's, but now it's like, I'm at the, there's, the whole meeting's full of town drunks and they're talking way too loud for anybody to even get a point across. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think you guys are right, but I, I will say like, I, uh, maybe this is just my bias or something, but I feel like there's stupid people all over the globe, but only in America are the stupid people energized to think that they're the only ones who have the right information. So right. like, they're the only ones who knows what's really going on. They're the only ones who gets it. Everybody else is a pedophile or a Satanist or a Nazi or, you know what I mean? Like it's, um, that's, but, what's, that's, what's troubling. But, it's, that's it's, what's, but that relates to social media. You, there's just, there used to be, this is the news. The news is on these channels. The news is on these, this be these pieces of paper. And so everyone had to kind of a little bit go to the same places for the news entertainment and news is so fragmented you can find any news that caters to your like already increasingly radical views yeah like it used to be like oh i want to watch the news i have to you know i have to read this newspaper well everyone else also read that newspaper so you weren't going to totally fucking hate deeply the person next to you because you could agree that okay that's what happened And all these, all these newscasters or whatever doing, you know, niche news or whatever, they all just go, well, I'm just doing my thing. It's like, like, I don't like Alex Jones. I don't know if he a hundred percent believes it, but he's in a position where he's like, I got to keep putting this stuff out because this is how I make a living. And that's, I mean, obviously, but I don't think he thinks He's go, I think his mentality is, well, well, I'm just doing a little bit. So it's, you know, it's fine. I think that's how he's, how people like that allow themselves to sleep at night. But at the, pro- the problem is, is like a lot of people doing a little bit wrong is a lot of wrong. Yeah. And then to, uh, and then to outdo or maybe get a bigger following than that person doing a little bit of wrong, you got to yes. just amp it up a little bit to be like, okay, I got to be a little more yeah. uh, e- extreme than that person yeah. to right, get I- somewhere. But I'm just going to do it for this week. This week, I'm just going to put out a crazy story. And the next week, I'm going to go back to normal shit. And then, (laughs) (laughs) no, but this time, though. (laughs) And it just, you just slowly. 
turned into a fucking maniac yelling about frogs being gay and shit. And it's just like, I just, I, I mean, I've said it before, but we got to teach people like cynicism. <laughs> we just gotta, like we have to teach people like how everybody makes money and just go like, as soon as you figure out how someone's trying to make their money or how someone makes their money, you can accurately, uh, discern what they're trying to tell you, the mm. information they're trying to tell you. So if there's a real estate guy and you're talking to, if, if the guy showing you the apartment that you're looking at, yeah. uh, you know, he makes his money better yet. If a waitress is hitting on you, just remember she works on tips. Like yeah. she, maybe she yeah. is really nice and maybe she does like you, but also she works on tips or Christian more broadly, a more <laughs> like broader example, like and that waitress, isn't going to become a millionaire, but right. broader example of the cynical thing is like mega church pastors. Uh, uh, yeah. what are some of their names? Like, um, Joel Osteen and yeah, Joel like, Osteen and yeah, the, the there are the ones, those the ones, those ones are like, you just uh, not even you don't even need a lot of cynicism to be like oh this fuck you just need a dash to go this person's fucking full of shit yeah i don't remember which one but like one person like went up and like literally uh uh like came up to the guy and basically was like hey so do you really need another private jet or basically like I wish I knew the story because I'm just butchering. I know. It, I like, think I know the video. Wit is a, 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 a journal, a female like journalist, or just yeah, like a news person went up to with a microphone to one of the mega church pastors. This particular one legitimately looks like a reptile. Oh, dude, he really does. <laughs> he, he actually really looks like yeah. Uh, he legitimately um, looks like a reptile, and she was like, "Do you need another private jet?" And his, he just looked at her with like this devil, literally a devilist, like, how could you even ask me that? Like she yeah. was doing the offensive thing by yeah. asking him why he has three private jets. And then eventually after looking at her, like he could cast her away and like, he looked at her the way like Darth Vader <laughs> looks at someone where like if I stare at them hard enough it will strangle them like he was like dark yeah. Anakin where he was like it, trying to just like strangle her throat for asking he was, he's always uh, surrounded by religious sycophants that no one has literally asked him that question before you could tell by the look <laughs> in his eye like <laughs> yeah, yeah. he literally was like oh my god I can't believe you know, <laughs> you know like, yeah the gall this person has to ask this question it's like how are people not so then um his justification became like well i need to get from place to place don't i yeah and and she said like couldn't you fly coach and he's like well you see if i have a show if i have a if i have a if i have a show in 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 tulsa oklahoma and i need to get to 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 west palm beach florida how am I going to get there? And it was like, <laughs> you're right. You need a fleet of private planes. You're right. Checkmate. I'm done. <laughs> Great argument. I love those guys. Cause they always go like, Jesus wants us to be wealthy. And he's like, no, <laughs> he pretty specifically said, <laughs> uh, that it's probably not a good idea to be rich. Cause you might not make it in heaven. 
And which is me. which is how is like you don't need Christian. That's a great idea. There should be a cynicism class that just goes. These people are not our friends. They don't give a fuck about us. They yeah. don't give a fuck about any of us. And yeah. you can apply it with everyone. How can there not just be a dash to go? If you've read any of Jesus' teachings for literally four minutes, you know that he was not some charlatan who was a billionaire. Yeah, yeah he yeah. wasn't traveling <laughs> with Rain, gold. Rain Wilson had a, of all people, had a tweet that went viral about that. It's like, how did Jesus and all of the things that he taught, like, how do people, like, use him to justify, like, gun ownership? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, it's like the bastardization of Jesus Christ is like, yeah. uh, it's crazy. I mean, it, because it's like more people have died in the name of God than any other reason. But it's also like, how many terrible decisions have been justified by just this fucking mythical being that no one has ever met? Like, it, it's just so silly how the world works. Which relates to this great book I'm reading. Um, it's called Sapien. And um, basically, what has made humans spectacularly incredible creatures is that we can we can create myths that we then can bond over and that can then change our behavior in mass as a society and as species and everything is a myth that isn't in the real world what so what's in the real world trees rivers mountains those are literally real things you can't deny that what yeah. are myths myths are McDonald's. What, what it, that's, that was a creation. That's not real. That's, we used words to conjure up McDonald's. The church is a myth. We used words to conjure up the church. Government is a myth. It's not being mean. It's just, it's a creation of humans mm. using words in like fiction. And so, um, it, oh damn! I lost the train of thought. But it's fascinating how we can, like, we then will fall in line organizationally to this thing that isn't actually real, and it's what has made us evolve so quickly because we can evolve beyond waiting for our genes to change. We can change our behavior in one species, in one generation, or even ourselves, without any changes to our bodies or anything. Yeah. Well, that was one of the problems that uh, was talked about in the social dilemma is like technology has um, evolved so, so much more exponentially than it ever has while human, the human brain hasn't. Like we've, we're pretty much still like the primates, but we yeah. have this like spaceship in our pocket. You know what I mean? Like it's fucking <laughs> insane. But just going back to this thing real quick, because yeah. I remember this story. A Vander Holyfield bank account is headed for empty while his pastor, Creflo Dollar, <laughs> that can't be his real name. <laughs> that's his, that sounds like a pimp. That's a pimp's name, dude. He's still sitting pretty. But, but, but it's funny that you say that because uh, this site, apparently there's a site called pimppreacher.com that like basically like outs these preachers that like are pimping their whatever, their congregation. So here's the thing. Evander Holyfield gave this guy, Evander Holyfield is so religious that he felt that paying tithe was more important than paying his mortgage. So he gave, this is an article from 2010. Um, As part of a divorce and paternity case, Mr. Holyfield's attorney sought a line item explanation for the tithes donations that Evander Holyfield gave to Creflo Dollar during their marriage, which totaled close to $7 million. This motherfucker got his ear bit off by Mike Tyson. And he's like 
fucking next to homeless and his pastor is fucking just like, well, so, you know, you can give me whatever he wants. <laughs> wait, say that again. So he, what, what is tithe? What tithe, tithe is the is 10% usually, offering yeah, at it, church. The, 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 there's a lot of Christians who believe in tithing and it's basically like, they say like 10% of your income should go to, um, not just, uh, church, like giving to the church, but also like charitable donations. It's like, honestly, it's, it's the idea behind it. It's actually a, a good thing yeah. um, in terms of like 10% of your money should be used to help other people or whatever. But tithing is, in general has been used by these mega churches as like, it's your duty to give us money and it's very manipulative and really shitty. Yeah. Uh, and that's part of why these pastors all have fucking the guy's last name. He goes by dollar and f- what do yeah. you think he's doing, dude? <laughs> he's stealing your dollars, man. What do you fucking think, man? Well, that was always funny to me. I figured that out real early in church. Cause yeah. I, I hated, I already hated going to church. And then I was, cause they would always be like, all right, we're taking the offering. And the offering was, they're like, this is money for God. And I was like, what, so where is that money go? Oh, it's for God. But then they never explained like the logistics yeah. of it. And they're yeah. like, and then they would take one more offering and they were like, oh, this is for the missionaries, the missionary fund. I'm like, okay, it's going to the missionaries. And then they would take a building fund. So there's three, <laughs> <laughs> three donation passes in this like hour and a half service. But then when somebody, when I was like, how do, uh, how do pastors get paid? Like, this doesn't make sense. They're doing this for free. Like, that's good. And then they're like, no, that's the, the offering. And I was like, oh, why am I going here? <laughs> yeah. It's I mean, kind of, of, it would be one thing for them to just go up there and be like, listen, guys, we're passing a collection thing around because, you know, we're a church. We don't make income because yeah. we're here for spiritual reasons. So to keep the lights on, to pay the pastor who, you know, gives us wisdom um, you know, can you please, you know, throw, you know, whatever you can afford, every little bit helps. And it'd be like, yeah, we're, you know, we come here to feed our soul and religion makes us feel good. And it's a community thing. And we talk to our neighbors and we get to know people. It's like, that's all fine. But that, you know what I mean? But it's always like, oh no, it's for God. It's like, what are you talking? Like God <laughs> needs my three seventy five. Like mm-hmm. what, what the fuck? What this all-powerful being needs money. Could you imagine <laughs> this ubiquitous? It's kind. Of, it is kind of funny because it's like, all right, the pastor on the collection for like them and the organization. But then when it comes to what they're praying for, they'll be like, and we're going to pray for Barbara's mom who has uh, terminal brain surgery coming up. So it's just like, oh, so she just gets prayers. Like (laughs) all of the money you just collected, none of it goes toward helping her. But you're like, we're just going to pray for you, but we're going to buy nicer suits for us. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Going back to the social dilemma. um, I thought that, I thought I was kind of executed poorly. Like I thought they, one, I thought they buried the lead. It took them like 45 minutes to talk about the rates of suicide and depression in like young teenagers and who yeah. grow up with social media. Like that's the story to me. Um, but also like they did this thing, like, you know how every documentary kind of uses storytelling methods. Well, they, they uh, casted this like I hated the narrative. pointlessly diverse, like the most pointlessly <laughs> diverse family of all time. Like literally like none of it made sense. Their, their daughter was like Asian. The, the dad was a black man. The, the wife was like a 45 year old white woman. And then there was, the older sister was like 38 and then the younger yeah. brother was 16. I'm like, what is like, and they all live in this. Like, it's the, yeah. it's so like, I get the, like diversity has become like the biggest bullshit thing in Hollywood now. 
like I hate it so much because like that's what any that's what they all talk about now because they know like the cheat code of like how to be accepted. So they just nonstop talk about diversity. And it's like we were we were joking about it, the texting because I watched the Emmys and it's like everything was about diversity. Everything about we need more of this in this type of movie. We need more of that. And I'm like, you guys make the movies. What are you, why are you telling me? Why like that'd be like every time you go into Subway? They're just like, we need more Asians who work here. It's like, okay, I'm not like, what do you want? I just want sandwiches. Like, what do you want me to do? You want me to go recommend something? Like, I don't, what are you talking about? Like, and it's like, if you just watch the show, The Boys, and just know that that's what Hollywood is, it's the most calculated shit. They only talk about diversity because they know it's in right now. There's no goodness of the heart. It's literally the, the most, the fullest shit people alive. Just Which is pandering the exact- to themselves. Like that's the exact wrong way of viewing the value that can come from actual diversity is that it's quote unquote in like it's yeah. fashion. Yeah. Did you see the new Academy Awards uh, have uh, in order to be nominated in order, yeah. in order to be considered for best picture now that there has to be like 30 percent casts of and they have a whole list of like fucking races and disabilities and shit like that. I can't wait till fucking uh, Medea, Abu Medea Halloween gets voted for best picture. <laughs> but, but it's like, what do you like, what if you're doing a period piece that takes place in like the fucking white England fucking hills? Well, that's what it was with Dunkirk. P- people were tweeted and a significant <laughs> amount of people, so it's not just like three mad people. A significant portion of people were mad about Dunkirk Kirk because it didn't have enough people of color or women in it. And it was about British World War II soldiers and they didn't have good diversity back then. So what do you want them to just throw in? Like, it's just weird. Like, it's just weird to like. (laughs) What they're saying is, is like they want to have a bunch of token people in just they want. This is what they want. They want you to have 30 percent of the people chosen to be chosen simply because of their uh, their ethnicity and or disabilities. And then five minutes after that, there is a commercial about uh, like a bunch of black actors going like, we're not a quota. We're a people. It's like, yeah. what, what do you what do you want? Like, <laughs> you guys need to figure out what you want but and then do like, that and then never tell me. But <laughs> the way you're saying it is it's it's like you're saying Hollywood, Hollywood yeah. people. It's not just like yeah, black people. What do you want? It's like these Hollywood people. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, it's their organization Hollywood. is probably mostly white. Doesn't. It does have relevance, but it feels so fucking belittling. It's so belittling. Art is just art. It's art. And I, it's, it's almost like the artist has become more important than the art itself. And I always think it's important or there, you can consider the artist when you're thinking about the art. I think it does have an effect. Absolutely. But it is not the overriding fucking thing. And somehow it has become that where it's like, who, what is the artist? If the artist isn't a lesbian, transgender, handicapped woman, it might not be good art. It's well, just, we don't, do we need more? This is, what people, this is what I think that there is a disconnect with the world in. And I, and I, I would really like to know if people really think this or not. But like when you go on Twitter and people are complaining, like Oscar's so white. Like, do you do realize that the people who the the Oscars aren't like everybody votes in America? It's not an election that the people who vote on those are Hollywood. It's the Academy. The people who 
work in Hollywood are the ones who vote on those things every year. So we have nothing to fucking do with the movies that they pick. We like if they liked Green Book, well, guess what? It's fucking their thing. They voted for it. Sorry, <laughs> they that won. Like, what the fuck? Like, what do what, what do I have to do with it? You know what I mean? And there's like this weird thing where like people complain about lack of diversity as if any of us can do anything about it when it's their shit. It's like it makes no sense. Like I said, it's like Subway demanding that they're the people who make the sandwiches are diverse and then bitching to the customer about it. It's like, what do you want? It is, boy, that's such a great point. I didn't cast the movie, bro. Like, yeah. Hollywood <laughs> is like, we need more diversity. Then do it. Do it. Just do it. Like, then like, do it in a way that isn't weirdly quota based. It's like, so weird it's, it's uncomfortable a, and it's, it's always funny because shit. like they they're always going like uh they're like you know we want we want unique perspective we want point of views that we haven't seen before we want stories we've never seen before but it's like you don't really want unique point of views because unique point of view isn't about race yeah, you it's want, Mike Schrenderman. Yeah, like, you, you want, want interesting circumstances. You want yeah. like somebody who was born in a wheelchair who's also gay and trans and black. Like that's just that's the show you want, which is like okay, that's fine, but it's also like when that show comes out, it it ultimately is like every other show but with a black trans person in a wheelchair. Like it's yeah. the way I see it. Like I I see I watch these shows and they're all pretty similar. Like there's you know, it, it'll be a, it's a coming of age story about a young Chinese girl, but it's the same story I've seen a million times just with it's a like Chinese you could, you could sub out the Chinese girl for a white girl exactly, or a black yeah. girl and it would be it's, the same movie. It's so weird to commoditize someone's identity that, like that. that's what we've done too is like we've we've given a roadmap to young actors like if you're like a korean uh lesbian actress right and the best way for you to elevate yourself is to just just bitch about diversity and to talk about how diverse you are and how unique your perspective is as being a uh, your race and your sexual identity or whatever, or your sexual preference or whatever the fuck the, the PC term is these days. But it's like, you can't, you can't be, you can't go about it basically saying like, what makes me special is that I'm Korean and then get mad when you're playing <laughs> Korean girl number three in a movie because yeah. you're a token. Like you're, you're admitting that the thing that makes you special is your race or your sexual preference or your sexual yeah. identity. So like you're, you're kind of, you're kind of creating a tokenism of you at all. And like, that's yeah. your commodity in Hollywood is that you're that. And like yeah. the way that they cast things is like, we need an Asian guy quick. You know what I mean? Like, and then they fucking pick, and that's what they do now when they cast a movie. They're like, well, okay, 30%, let's figure it out. Like, it, it's like, and that's it's, not, no one's get, like, does anybody feel good after that? There's a lot of talented actors and actresses of all different, you know, races and everything, you know, sexual, whatever, everything. There's always going to be more talent than jobs because it's a very yeah, yeah. coveted, interesting, perhaps fun and like thing to pursue, just like stand up. Yeah. So there's, there's a talent glut. And the, when that happens, people aren't going to make it for a variety of reasons. Yeah. It's weird because it's like, I, I remember talking about this about someone or with someone and it's like, they like people don't mind being token. They just want to control the, 
tokenism. You know what I mean? Like, I just want to write the script. If I'm going to be a token, I'm going to write the script. It's like, I, okay, I guess, but you're still like a token. You understand that, right? It's also weird because like diversity is something that like people brag about, but like, where does it actually exist? Because we talk about like New York as a city. We're like, oh, it's so diverse. It's like, yeah, you can go to Chinatown or you can go to Koreatown or you can go to like the place where black people live or you can go to place, <laughs> you go to Spanish Harlem. It's like we're segregated as fuck. What are you talking about? Sections, yeah. Yeah. What are you talking about? Like diversity is so great. Well, then why do all that Korean people live with Korean people and all the Chinese people live with Chinese people and all the black people live with black people? Like yeah. we're not like we all live in the same city, but it's not like we're, we're all living, you know, shotgun scatter blast together where, you know, like, oh, my neighbor's Korean and then my other neighbor's black. And then the upstairs, like that doesn't really exist. It's well, like neighborhoods feel- are like white or they're black or they're Asian or they're, that's what, it, you know, is it, so it's like, we talk about how great diversity is, but is it actually in practice anywhere? Well, when, when people talk about diversity, sometimes I think some people uh, like Brooklyn, Especially Williamsburg in like 2011, 2012 was a great example. It's all white people of different nationalities. You know, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's like an, yeah. an Indian guy who talks like me, a black yeah. guy who talks like fucking wit. And it's just yeah. all like, it's all the same person just in different colors. Yeah. But totally. Yeah, you and you and Wit are just the same person to me. Um, <laughs> well, they, wear the, they wear the same clothes. They listen to the same music. Yeah, I like yeah. the same oh, art. Yeah, no, but and that shit's so funny. Like, because all those all those like publications, like Vice and those are super liberal ones. They'll talk about how much of a problem gentrification is. And you're like, you are the ones who fucking (laughs) brought your company. You did way worse for quote unquote gentrification than any individual could do. Uh, Ah, man, that's so accurate, Christian. (laughs) But it is. It's like, uh, you know, you don't want... You don't want 50 Cent fucking starring in a movie with Anna Kendrick. And I think I've probably said that before, but it's like, yeah. like if there was a romantic comedy with Sandra Bullock and 50 Cent, it just <laughs> like, that would never make it past the fucking script base. <laughs> it's just, it's weird that things that you were born with that you can't control in this era seem to be the most defining thing about you. Yeah. And it's, weird that perhaps saying that can be seen as so as if I'm not a person who does believe there's value in representation and there is absolutely undeniably value in diversity. It's just the manner that you go about doing it when it feels so cynical and and it's just bullshit. Like it's I don't bullshit. need to articulate it. It's bullshit. It just goes back to like I keep saying, just go watch the show The Boys and the way that they deal with the superheroes, and that is exactly how this is run in Hollywood, where it it seems they're they're on appearance, it looks like just looking at it, that they're doing everything out of the goodness of their heart, but everything is fucking calculated and it's fucking it's just bullshit. Because like you said, like representations uh, like huge and like like i just think about it in this context is you know and with chadwick boseman dying it's even it's such a bummer but like that like when i was a kid when i was like you know eight nine ten like how many times i saw myself in a batman movie or like and how cool those things for me the power rangers you know what i mean and it's like if you're a black kid 
growing up now and you're like 10 and fucking Black Panther comes out, like that's fucking huge for you, you know? At the same time, I got to cut you off because I agree. And also at the same time, one of the great things about kids is sometimes they kind of don't see race because they don't really know. So like there are, there are kids who just fucking love Batman, they're a black kid and they love Batman and Batman's okay. white. And I don't like make that Batman black. I don't give a fuck. Just make the movie good. Uh, yeah. But there you can also like a kid can also look up to, well, also it's fucking great that someone that looks obviously more like him and people in his life isn't a uh, like pivotal mainstream yeah. blockbuster. Yeah. It's and just like things both. like that. It's just both. Things like that are great and representation and diversity are all really great. It makes things more interesting. I mean, when you just the, honestly, diversity of like, point of view is like the best thing and that that's what kind of short changes is like just because you're you know asian or just because you're you know whatever latinx or whatever like that doesn't have to dominate you as a person it, it almost belittles their them as an individual um in that they can't have they have to be monolithic in their opinions and shit like that where as white people never have that like white people are never like, oh, well, you're white. So you have to think this exactly. way. That, this and, way. And that was like the white, that is a very real white privilege is that I'm like, you're, yeah, exactly. You don't, you're not constantly representing white people. You, so yeah. you get to be more individualistic. Oh, it's bread. Yeah. It's like, I'm a comedian, but like some people might say like Andre is a black comedian or like, oh, that's yes. a female comedian or that's an Asian comedian. Like where I'm just a comedian and you like, don't that's all fired. Yeah. Like, I'm never, yeah. It's like, oh, he's a white comedian. And that's that you're right. That's the exact example of, of white privilege. It's a hundred percent. It's funny. Um, I remember hearing this, uh, this interview with Michael Che where he's, he was saying that, uh, like black kids, but black boys, especially they never get the uh, excuse of boys will be boys. Like yeah, white kids who like go skateboarding, like, you know, fucking trash some shit or like knock over like mailboxes and stuff. Like, well, boys will be boys, just a little trouble. But like if black kids do it, it's like those crazy niggas. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's true. That's a hundred percent accurate. I mean, it's, it's like, think about like when a fucking like 14 year old white kid gets caught smoking weed in the garage. Yeah. You know what I mean? The, the dad has to have this after school moment where he sits his son down and talk, you know, it's like black kids. It's like, put him in prison, that fucking animal. <laughs> yeah. He's fucking 14, dude. Like, what do you, it's, it's so crazy. The world we live in. That's, that is startlingly on point that yeah. like, there's just that by, I would love if that, that whole, like, you know, 14 year old kids smoking weed in the garage. And then the dad sits him down for an after school moment. And he's like, son, you see, you're just rolling your blunts wrong. What you got to do? Is- <laughs> you got to pinch it on the end, otherwise yeah, you you're letting all that sweet doing. succulent weed out. <laughs> He's like, where are, you, where are you buying this shit? I'll up your allowance. You can't smoke this shit. It has seeds in it. <laughs> it's horrible. One of my favorite memories is, as a kid is like we used to go to my friend Blake's garage and just smoke, just smoke the hell out of the garage. Yeah. We played this game called uh, I don't remember what it was called, but basically you're all in a circle. It's like that. <laughs> 70s show like you just pass the pass the weed around and uh you you take a hit and you hold it until it comes back to you and uh you're not allowed to say anything or do anything so it's like it was like quiet for like 15 minutes of people just going (sighs) 
<laughs> and then we're all just, just sitting there, right? We're passing and passing and holding it in. There's so much tension in the air because like we're all like trying not to laugh. And then at one point my friend Blake like takes takes a hit and he goes <sighs> and lets it all out. And he's been it's been quiet for 15 minutes and all of a sudden he goes, I lose. <laughs> <laughs> Christian Christian weed stories are the best, man. Because Christian, I swear to God, Christian, there's like a decade of your life where you were only I. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Uh, it was pretty much like from saw no, like senior year of high school to like sophomore year of college, probably. Mm-hmm. No, dude, just- you're doing that thing where you cut it in half. That fucking. <laughs> no, I'm not. I would say that's probably pretty accurate. Like it, it was-, was the 70s. It was a crazy time. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, it was like it was fun times, man. I I don't necessarily miss it, but it was like it was. It's a hilarious age to do it like because i remember after i stopped like people started like (laughs) you know what i mean like people started smoking weed after i stopped and i was like oh man i really blew my best (laughs) weed smoking years i should have waited for the prime of your life the prime of your weed smoking life yeah you you felt you actually affect oh go ahead wait no i just think i don't think i think i had like I was like 22 or something the first time I smoked. Yeah. I told you guys the story in the Hamptons, I think. But so when I lived in the South, um, I my dad gave me, as soon as I turned 21, you're allowed to carry a, a pistol in your glove compartment. Um, and he wanted me to have a gun in case anybody tried to, you know, take over the country in front of me, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so uh, I had a, I just, I literally put a Glock in my glove box and I just forgot about it. So like I made like when I was like 22 years old, I was like, I, I'm going to start smoking weed. Like I, like I made the conscious decision. So I went over to my friend's house and I was like, I was like, Hey man, can I buy some weed off of you? He's like, yeah, sure. So he sells me like a quarter or whatever. And I go in my car and I put it in my glove box and I go, Oh, there's a gun in there. So there's a 22 year old version of me driving around, like riding dirty as fuck with weed and a pistol in my fucking glove box. I'm just like, and you know what I say to that? that? You know what I say to that? Boys will be boys, man. man, The the cop fucking goes, Oh, is that a Glock? That's sick, dude. Good for you, (laughs) son. Get started early. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, That's probably a good place to end. Yeah. yeah. You got thought, an hour gone? Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. You know where to find us. At Britt Rabel, at Christian Duran, SVP, and at Nick Whitmer. Anything else to plug, gentlemen? No. That's it. All right. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Peace. Bye.